The Forum at 8 on SAFM. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we're examining the question around binge drinking. It's defined by medical experts as these bouts of heavy drinking or drinking to deliberately get drunk. It's no secret that here in South Africa, we failed to put a cap on binge drinking among our youth. A sobering reminder of this fact is our government has even proposed a total control on the advertising of alcohol products, arguing here in this case that it encourages young people to drink alcohol sooner and in greater quantities. There's been a big concern about this, especially in Soweto and impoverished communities, where it seems alcohol companies, the, the huge alcohol brands, are prepared to spend and invest in an increasingly wide variety of promotions and alcohol companies willing to give away things like T-shirts, key rings, cooler bags in order to get you to buy alcohol. And this, uh, many younger and younger people are falling victim and prey to these tools. On our Forum at Eight discussion today, we're asking you this question. Is our bottoms-up culture letting our youth down? Is our bottoms-up culture letting our youth down? And what is our drinking culture? Have you heard of any of these drinking games that are out there? Uh, Can you tell us how they work? Do you consider your drinking experiences as badges of honor? How many times have I heard from people who say, I drank so much and I have this terrible headache, but, but celebrating almost that they do, that they've spent thousands of rands buying alcohol, drinking from traffic cones, funnels, hose pipes, drinking upside down, these games called down down games or buffalo which force you to finish your drink once you've just put it in your hand i'd love to hear from you about these games your experiences around drinking and these badges of honor do you think we wear them proudly about drinking as much as we do before we get into this discussion today and introducing our guests our producer ronald Peary took to the streets of auckland park yesterday to ask uh, some of the youth around why they binge drink let's take a listen what they had to say okay well we drink because it's fun and it's good for you. Contrary to popular belief, it's actually very good for you. Okay, um, only wine is good for you, so I don't know about the rest. But maybe it's good for, like, your emotions, because, you know, drinking makes you happy. Yay. But you know how they say you shouldn't drink to pick yourself up. You must drink to, like, make yourself happier or not happy. And I feel like drinking is a personal choice. So if you're going to do it responsibly, then that's okay. But if you're going to abuse it, then you have a social responsibility to not do it in public. I don't drink because I have the same amount of fun. And uh, I just get too drunk when I do drink. It's a waste of money. And yeah. we're Christians, so we don't drink. And I'm pregnant. So yeah, that's why I don't drink. I drink because of the good times, you know. Because I'm young. And, you know, I'm wild and free type of thing. So good for you. I drink because of the good times. It's good for my body. Drinking to make yourself happier. Uh, and uh, don't abuse it in public. Does that mean that you then abuse it in private? I'm not sure. Well, what do you say about this? 34701, that's your SMS hotline on this topic. Tweet or Facebook the show, AM Live on SAFM, or give us a call. Uh, we'll open up the lines in the next 10 minutes or so. So keep this number handy. I'll repeat it. It's 891 104208. That number again, 0891 AM Live and SFM, our Twitter and Facebook handle, and we'll open up the lines in about 10 minutes from now, so keep that number handy. Let's introduce our guests who join us uh, on the forum today. today. We've got the program director at Soul City, the Institute for Health and Development Communications, Dr. Susan Goldstein. Uh, Doc, thanks so much for your time. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Also joining us on the panel, Dr. Malosi Langa is a senior lecturer at the School of Community and Human Development at the University of Advertisement. Dr. Langa, good morning. Thanks for your time. Uh, good morning, Deshan. 
And uh, I believe in a short while we'll also be joined by Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, we're still waiting for a representative uh, to be made available to us. So we'll hear from someone who's been affected by this, but uh, someone who can tell us maybe when they started drinking. Was it at school? Was it at college even? When did our bottoms-up culture start to let our youth down? Give us a call today, 891 uh, SMS is 34701. Dr. Goldstein, uh, let's, let's start with some of, those, uh, some of those people that we interviewed, or at least my producer interviewed uh, earlier saying that yeah, alcohol is good for you that uh, you know that it, I'm enjoying the good times it can't be that harmful well um, in fact in small quantities alcohol isn't harmful um, and I think it's important that uh, particularly with our Quiz Alive campaign that people understand we're not looking at prohibition um, which crashed so badly in the States last century but the point is, and I think that this is what we're focusing on now, is how you drink is what is harmful. There are two issues. One is at the, the age at which you drink. So teenagers who drink before they're of age, before they're over 18, and they, their bodies and brains are still developing, it has a terrible impact on their brain development, and it has a whole um, change in the way that their body develops. So I think that in itself is a problem. The second issue is that the way that people drink, the binge drinking, doesn't only have a direct health impact. It has an impact on a whole range of things which can cause harm to youngsters and other people. So, for example, driving under the influence, walking under the influence, suicide, homicide, unintentional accidents, so falling from heights, uh, tripping, you know, that kind of thing. And then, of course, um, HIV infection. It's been shown that people who drink alcohol are 77 times more at risk, 77% at higher risk of HIV than those who don't. So there's a whole range of impacts that come out after which people don't realize and link to alcohol. Yes, if you drink one drink or two drinks even, it's not harmful. But I think people don't Mm. have that kind of in their head that there's a whole range of impacts from binge drinking. Dr. Lunga, I mean, would you agree that the discussions moved away from banning alcohol, but now looking at how we manage our alcohol use, the amount of alcohol that we drink, and whether we're just saying bottoms up every time we have a glass in our hand? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, the, the banning, I mean, it has been shown, to, like, you know, worldwide, I mean, to say it, it, it will not be, like, you know, successful. And, and I think, I mean, the campaign by, like, you know, Soul City, like, you know, Wise, it, it's, it's what we can try and sort of, like, you know, manage. I mean, because here we have a situation where very, like, you know, young people are drinking themselves to death. I mean, do they drink? I mean, because the definition of, like, you know, binge drinking is when a person drinks, like, you know, more than, like, you know, five glasses. Uh, at a go, um, and here you have a situation where, in fact, people drink drink more than that. You know, um, we go to like I mean, 12 to 24, like you no know, cans. And of course, once you've done that, I mean, you accorded you know all kinds of like you no know, accolades. I mean, to say you can still drink so many cans and still remain like you know sort of like you no know, sober. And of course, in the long run, obviously it, it moves from being just a recreational, like, you know, activity into something major where a person now, um, becomes, like, you know, dependent, like, on the substance. And of course, like Dr. Goldstein has mentioned, it creates, like, you know, all kinds of, like, you no know, problems. So if you're to 
try and calculate, you know, the costs like you know associated with like you know heavy drinking. I mean, are quite are quite heavy. I mean, it is estimated that the cost associated with alcohol uh, it's around like you know 256 like you know billion rand like in a year. So if you to think like around that that money, I mean because it's like around people that die like I said a lot of drinking, people that get infected with HIV and AIDS as a lot of drinking, they are sold and you know so many problems like you know, associated with like you no know, drinking. Mm-hmm. Dr. Goldstein, I, I know we touched on some of the uh, on some of the ways that that alcohol impacts uh, the body, especially when you binge drink. I received an SMS earlier on from uh, one of our listeners who said they were starting to lose their memory um, and eventually quit drinking entirely and sought to help from a psychologist. I mean, is this quite a common result from binge drinking? Well, it, it definitely is one of the results. And first of all, binge drinking can actually kill you straight out. Mm. So uh, if you drink too much in one go, you can actually die. Um, and that's not dying from falling in the river like that stupid person who did the, um, the test drinking in the river. You know, not that. You can actually kill yourself from an alcohol overdose. Mm-hmm. I think the second thing that very often started to happen with binge drinking is what they call blackouts. So you have a, a whole drink binge and then the next day you cannot remember anything that happened. And that's the first signs of, of the memory start going um, and starting to go. And, you know, if you think of how young people are in the prime of their lives and should be at their intellectual best, um, it, it, it's tragic that they're now starting to kill their brain cells. Um, there's a, there's a lot of spare brain cells, so there's, there's not a lot to despair about. But people, I think the, the the stopping drinking and then seeking help is is an excellent way to go about it. But I think people really don't understand how how this kind of drinking can impact on them. Dr. Alanga, I mean, what impact? How how does the alcohol actually enter the body and get absorbed? I mean, so we can understand where it has an impact and and how it affects us. I mean, obviously, one of the common uh, physical or medical problems um, associated with drinking is your liver cirrhosis. I mean, because once this um, substance enters the body, obviously, I mean, the liver releases, like, you know, the bile in, in trying to counteract, I mean, the, the substance. So you can imagine if one, like, you know, continuously is like you not know, drinking like you know, excessively. I mean, the liver gets to a point where it can no longer like you know, produce like you know, this chemical, and also I mean like you know, kidneys. I mean, they try and control all these toxins that enter, which are also like in the beverages. And of course, like in the long run, I mean, the kidneys are also going to take like a strain. And also, like I mean, Dr. Grossman has like you know, mentioned the brain. Cells, I mean, they they begin to die um, slowly, and in the long run, a person may start having like you know all kinds of like you know memory uh, related like you no know, problems. 
Well, we'll open up the line shortly, so give us a call, 891 Interested in your thoughts on this topic today, is our bottoms-up culture letting our youth down? What do we hear of binge drinking at university? For many, it's their first experience with alcohol after leaving high school, away from home for the first time, away from that parental supervision. An 18-year-old, first at university, exposed to others who are, are drinking, encouraging it, peer pressure. What is the impact on you? What are those drinking games that you're playing out there? What habits do we have? What is our culture around drinking? I want to hear about these games that we're playing when we drink and, and how we're being responsible. Are we being responsible? What's the impact? Give us a call today. 0891-104-208. We'll get into this discussion about is our bottoms up culture letting our youth down? 20 minutes after 8. We're back after this. Umlazi Festival and Expo is awakening the giant by staging the first ever Umlazi Festival and Expo at King Zolitini Stadium from 4 to 6 April 2014. Businesses and other institutions are invited to register for the exhibition and participate in empowerment workshops. Umlazi Festival and Expo will also feature a music festival to register. Call 031-279-2360 or email ngobo at splendidmarketing.co.za Proudly sponsored by the Guazulu Natal Department of Economic Development and Tourism and Etagwini Municipality. The South African Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Guide in partnership with SAFM will be hosting monthly radio broadcasts to promote trade and investment opportunities to local business and foreign investors. We invite business from all sectors to join us at Mita Siperepere Convention Center in Kimberley on the 28th of February 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Sachanelli at 082-923-4402 or email at How smart is a smartphone if you're not on the smartest network? Get the completely unlimited mobile deal, which gives you unlimited calls, unlimited data, and even unlimited SMSs with the Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphone at just $1499 per month from Telcom. Only on SA's best broadband network. Call 10213, visit telcomshop.coza, or go to your nearest Telcom store. T's and C's apply. Rethink smart network. Telcom. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. SMS is coming through on 34701. I'll read those out shortly. But first, we've got Carol on the line. She's from an organization called SAD. It's the South Africans Against Drunk Driving. Carol, good morning. Good morning, Dashan. And the team, yes, this binge drinking is exceptionally dangerous. We see it happening a lot with young people and in the universities. And that's why South Africans Against Drunk Driving, we run projects in 10 universities around the country to try and make young people realize that, like Dr. Goldstein said, if you drink too quickly, you can die. But then the other things that can happen, you can get raped, all all the other problems, you can get assaulted, you can um, um, fail your studies and because, because the brain is badly affected. So we do a lot of work with the students and the lecturers um, about this. But, Dustin, what I wanted to just ask the panel is mm-hmm. that generally we talk about drinks in South Africa, which is very, very inaccurate. We need to be talking about units because if you're talking about one drink or five drinks in an hour, um, a drink is, for example, people think if they drink a quart, that's one drink. But a quart is actually four units. So in one quart, you've just about had your daily allowance that the World Health recommends. 
And so if you say had five, five quarts, five drinks, uh, it is, comes to, to five times four. That's 20 units, which is actually ex- exceptionally bad for your body and can lead to, to dependence. So, so rather to go on to units, because like one glass of wine could be 3.5 units already because if it's a big glass of red wine, and I know we have discussed this with Dr. Goldstein and Soul City about saying, please let's get accurate in South Africa. Let's get some, some standardization. And, but Soul City are doing fantastic work and we really applaud what they're doing and, um, and we work, we mm-hmm. work closely with them. Carol, thanks for that call Thank there. You. We've got, uh, Busiwe on the line from Kailicha. Good morning, Busiwe. Good morning, Josh, and, and your panel there. Thanks for calling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Bukiri. I'm from Kailicha. Yes, that is our importance of failing our youth. Uh, an example, I've just got an example. Sure. In our traditional uh, ceremonies, much, you know, like so much money is spent on buying liquor, like alcohol. And what, that is what, what's really uh, shocking is to see that is, uh, adults saying that he's giving quite a lot of an huge amount of liquor, you know, like that is uh, beers and everything and hot stuff. Mm. Saying this is the liquor for the youth. And youth could be, you know, kids from the age of 13. Everyone is free to drink. Even, the, you know, first time people who are drinking for the first time start drinking on these tradi- in, during these traditional ceremonies. That is the second, uh, you know, the end result is, you know, lots of teachers, if you can go to our townships, they are presented now with kids who have got problems, you know, with learning, and, and you can, even if you, do, you don't know how to test kids, you know, that is, they can see that it's half, you know, close to 30% of the kids in class have fetal alcohol syndrome. It's something that is, you know, maybe two kids in a class, you would have two kids who are, you know, who've got this fetal alcohol syndrome. So it is really, really a problem. I don't know how this could be addressed. Thank you very much for that call from Kailicha. They're binge drinking as bad as you can hear from Busiwe's call. Uh, Sunny and Mtata writes in saying, I drink to socialize. It helps me a lot because most of the time I'll be able to meet potential customers. I started drinking when I was 16. I'm now 28. Well, how does it help you meet potential customers? And do you need it to meet those potential customers? What if you didn't have the alcohol? Uh, This SMS says, A majority of youth drink because of peer pressure, need to associate socially, and some have a perception it would ease their sorrows and actually makes it worse and dependent. Well, I'm also going to ask, are they just curious about alcohol? Because of the way that we socialize them from a young age, we watch our adults drinking. Do they talk to us enough about what alcohol is? Do they expose us? Is our first drinking experience with our parents who can guide us through this process? That's one of the questions I have for you. Uh, This SMS comes in, I run a bottle store near a rural community on payday. The African tradition every month is to drink until you drop. These are poor people, but they always find money for alcohol. Well, how does it feel running that bottle store then, realizing that you having this impact. Uh, John in Durban says, my best friend was an alcoholic and died of an aneurysm as a result. Alcohol is glorified in our society, but the truth is it eventually takes your family, your job, your dignity, and your pride, and ultimately your life. John there writing in Durban. Carol's call was interesting, and I, I want to put that through to Dr. Goldstein. You know, she, she commended the work of, of Soul City. Recently, you guys did a bit more work on the drinking policies at university, and she pointed out yes. we've got a lot of students drinking, but where's the drinking policy from our universities to guide that use of alcohol? 
Deshaun, thanks. I'm glad you brought that up because for me this is the key area and, and our caller from Kailicha actually also pointed Absolutely. it out. Mm. Is that it's adults and it's the environment which is actually encouraging this. So what happens and when you start university in your first week, you have this orientation week, the OR week they call it. And what do they have? They have parties that are sponsored by alcohol companies and free alcohol is available. So what do we learn as 18-year-olds coming to university? Drinking and drinking to excess is a great thing um, and, in fact, condoned by the university and by the elders in the university. So um, the other thing that I found absolutely fascinating, which didn't happen in my day, I don't think, not that I knew of, is that alcohol is sold at the university. You can go to a, a bar at the university during lecture time and buy alcohol. I mean, uh, it, to me, that is completely bizarre. Dr. Langer, uh, we're, we're even serving these at our traditional ceremonies, as, as you heard from Busi, we're calling in from, uh, from Kylie today. I, I think it's called After Tears, isn't it? We, we, yes. We've become sort of, uh, this has become part of our traditional cultures, our ceremonies. It's intertwined into almost every aspect of our life, not just at the universities. Dr. Langer? Uh, yes, I mean, if you were to look, especially if he, I think the concern is like around isolating this and seeing this as like a youth, like in a problem, uh, because there is like an exposure, an exposure to to drunkness. I mean, like in the in the in communities. I mean, people will tell you that there is there is no party without like you know alcohol. I mean, all functions when when you go, I mean, alcohol is being served. And people complain if there is no like no alcohol. I mean, be a traditional like you know ceremony, be like a wedding, be a party, uh, be end of the year Christmas party. Like almost like you know all functions. I mean, alcohol it is seen as something that has to be there. You know, so obviously I mean the message that you send in through like you know young young people is that you know for you to be healthy, uh, we must we must drink. So it becomes very difficult to then, like, you know, say to young people, uh, try and not drink while, they see, while they're seeing everyone, including their parents, including their uncles, including their relatives, like almost like, you know, everyone, like, in the community, like, you know, drinking. So I guess what we need to do is to try and also address, I guess, like, you know, cultural community sectors that are influencing, like, you know, young people to drink. Because obviously young people model what they see from us as, like, you know, adults. And, yeah, I think, I mean, we're at a point where we cannot be making, like, you know, excuses that we should be only targeting, like, you know, young people. I think the issue of, like, you know, alcohol use and different dependency, it's a, it's a committee and a national, you know, problem, and it, and it needs to be treated like a such. It's heading towards 8.30 here on the Forum at 8. We're talking about, is our bottoms-up culture letting our youth down? Here's a great SMS. I'll get the answer for you. Uh, please could a medical person let us know at what age the human brain is fully developed? Is it 18 or more like 21? People shouldn't take alcohol until then. I guess the question that you're really asking is, at what age does alcohol stop having an impact on your body? You start having a detrimental impact on your body. Is there an age when you shouldn't be drinking alcohol because you're still in that development phase? Uh, I'll put that question through to my guest shortly. 8.30, time for your news headlines. Here's Vibakshini Chetty.
It's about 27 minutes to 9. Coming up, Morning Talk with Rowena Bird. Rowena, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Dash, and how are you doing? Today we're broadcasting live from our Cape Town studios in Seapoint. We're here uh, uh, for the budget this afternoon, expecting Finance Minister Pravin Gordon to present that budget. And most of our guests for the Transformation Dialogues are here for that particular occasion, so hence we are here. And coming up on the program, we begin with the show, like I said, with the Transformation Dialogue. And this feature is brought to us with the compliments of NetBank in partnership with UNISA and Business Report. It happens on every last Wednesday of the month. It's recorded in the Business Report on the Friday after each discussion. And today we are, uh, like, like I said, we're here in, in, in uh, Cape Town at the Seapoint Studios. And we ask the question, has 20 years of democracy produced economic transformation? And um, we also look forward to your input or your contribution to that discussion. It's going to be happening between 9 and 10. And that means the open line falls away today. In the second hour, we will talk about gangsterism in the Western Cape and why it just doesn't seem to go away. What fuels the societal problem? We'll find out more in the second hour of the program today. We're also going to talk about a voter education drive for young people. And then finally, we'll talk briefly about the National Research Foundation Lecture Series. It takes, it takes place in Grangetown today. And that's the show for today, Darshan. Thank you. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 25 minutes to 9, talking today about is our bottoms-up culture letting our youth down? How many times have you been called up by your friends and they talk quite proudly about getting drunk at the weekend or engaging in a binge drinking session that went on all night and they had a 14, 15,000 rand bill at the end of it? Did they talk about it like they were proud or they were ashamed? And that's what I want to ask you today. Give us a call if you've heard from those friends or perhaps you're one of them who wears it almost like a badge of honor to drive home drunk drunk, bemoaning the hangover, of course, but while celebrating that they evaded the cops, got home, the wife didn't notice, the friends didn't notice, and managed to slip away uh, just into dreamland. The expensive nature of drinks and that fear of missing out that we feel when we're at university and people are having drinks and we're not. Give me a call today, 891 I'm particularly interested in if you're a parent out there with a, uh, with, a, with your youngster at a, at a university for the first time. Are they spending your food money, your transport money on booze? Are you worried about that? 34701, give us, uh, send us an SMS or give us a call right now. This was an SMS that came in earlier. Please get a medical person. Let us know at what age the human brain is fully developed. Is it 18 or more like 21? People shouldn't take alcohol until then. Dr. Goldstein, is it a question that we can ask? Is there an age when alcohol should just not be drunk because of its harmful effects? Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know the exact answer to that, but I do mm. know that in the teenage years um, that it is more harmful. So we are assuming that over 18, but I, I also assume that there's a huge variation in how one's brain develops and when it's completely developed. So um, some people's brains may continue to develop until they're 21 and some might start to stop when they're 20, 19 and so on. I think the safest, of course, is to never do this bench drinking. Um, it, it's clearly not good for anybody at any age. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, bench drinking in itself, as I say, it's, the harm is not only to the brain, but it's also to um, all the other side effects that happen, as the woman from SAD mentioned. Um, and, and those things can kill you or maim you for life. Got it. Or right. other people. 
I mean, I think that one mm. thing people forget is that if you have a car accident when you're drunk and you kill somebody, that, that's going to change your life completely. We've got Amrad who's uh, on the line. We'll get uh, him on the line as well. If you'd like to join us, 0891104208. SMS is once again to 34701. Uh, Dr. Lunga, I mean, I don't know if you have those friends who, who boast about drinking at the weekend or, the, or they're binge drinking. I mean, h- how do you deal with them? I mean, it is it is very common. I mean, mm. to hear, especially like on Monday, like in a weekend, like no stories, where people be telling you, I mean, to say, this is how much I drank, and this is what has, like, no happened. And, and it becomes, like, you know, very difficult, like, at times, I mean, to have a conversation with such a person, like, in terms of, you know, telling them that, obviously, this behavior the glamorization of like you know, drinking like on, on, on TV. I mean when you look at the main of the adverts like on TV, obviously drinking it is seen as something cool, something that one has to do. It brings success, it's associated with, with, with power. So 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 obviously I mean when a person has done that, they do not see anything wrong. I mean because this is the behavior that is publicly like you know, celebrated. And I feel you also need to get to a point where I guess like you also have like you know adverts that condemn like you know such like you know behavioral like you know practices. But at this point in time, I guess that behavior is rewarded. So everyone feels like okay, this is how I need to behave like as a person. Mm. Dr. Goldstein, yes, we do have those ads out there that ask us to drink responsibly. But when we compare the budgets of how much we're spending on getting people to drink responsibly if they choose to drink, and then the budgets that uh, you know, two of our biggest alcohol brands, uh, SAB and Brandhouse, compete quite intensively for customer attention, especially in, in, in communities. There's been a, a study on this in Soweto where they found the below-the-line tactics of these two agencies uh, showed that these alcohol companies were, were trying to sell music, T-shirts, or rather even giving them away for free so that they could encourage the business of young people in these communities. It doesn't, the, when we compare the budgets, they don't match. <laughs> Not even vaguely. I mean, I think the budgets, the advertising budgets of, of say, SAP is 20 times bigger than the entire health promotion budget of the country, um, you know, including all the health promotion efforts. So I think it's, it just doesn't, there's no, there's no link. And, and just to kind of talk about how, you know, we, we don't have, I don't know of a national government campaign against alcohol. I know we're trying to stop advertising, but I don't know of a government campaign. Our campaign is not funded, so we don't have money in our budget for any alcohol work, in fact. So I I think that, you know, this is, the balance is just totally bizarre. Uh, And it's quite interesting in, in terms of something that is so harmful, um, and that costs the country so much money. Donald calls in from Cape Town. He wants to answer that question that we posed earlier on about uh, how long it takes uh, for the body to be affected by alcohol. Donald, good morning. Morning, gosh. And it's not actually the body, it's the brain development. Ah, I see. Okay. The age is 25, generally accepted. Um, This is one of the reasons why you get asked on your driver's license insurance application. Sorry, not driver's license. Your your motor car insurance application if you're under 25 or over Mm. 25 and your excess is more if you're under 25. It's all linked to that year. So it's not about your experience on the roads, but rather your ability to cope with alcohol? Um, it's, your, it's your ability of 
your brain to work. It's not fully developed until then. That's the generally accepted age. And, and where did you find this research, Donald? I did my own research when I was bringing up my own kids. Um, I got very, I went to the libraries, I looked on the internet and this type of thing. Donald, thanks uh, for the, the other thing yeah. is, what I would love to know is why are alcohol companies, now I'm a drinker, don't, don't get me wrong, sure. I've been a beer drinker all my life. There's one thing I cannot abide is manufacturers who make alcohol taste like cool drink. Yes. Now you look at these guys, I'm, I don't know if we are, aren't allowed to mention brand names on this program. Like, the yep. only thing I can think of is, why does brutal food taste like lemonade? Don't it's know. the same alcohol volume as beer. And you could, if somebody drinks two beers and, and, and ooh, that's enough of that taste, but they'll drink eight brutal fruits. Mm. Donald, is a good question. I mean, there's some of these drinks that are out there that are very tasty, aren't they? And they have a higher percentage of alcohol than beer. And what you traditionally would think is the, the consumption of hard alcohol. But there's uh, these drinks that are out there that are very sweet, very tasty, and very seductive. Uh, we've got Amrad, who's called in from Cape Town. Amrad, good morning. Good morning, Glasson. Good morning, Amrad. Go ahead. My name is Amrad Lalarad. I'm from Pony from Cape Town. I'm a blind person, right? Yes, Amrad. Now, I, I am a recovering alcoholic, right? I stopped drinking in 1981, right? But what I heard this morning on the radio on your show, I'm very upset. What's that? One of your guests said that the university is selling alcohol, right? Now, the people who are responsible for this it is the government, because the government is giving the youth plenty of rights, right? The youth can do whatever they want to do today, right? Which I feel it is un very unfair, because alcohol destroys the brain cells, right? I, I feel uh, that what does the Minister of Health say about this matter? Dr. Aaron Masaljedi, thank you, Boston. Thank you very much, Amrad, calling in from Cape Town. We're also on the line to Letty Dube. She's the executive producer for uh, youth programs at Love Life. Letty, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, and good morning to the listeners. I mean, how would you like to respond to some of our callers that have called in so far? And, and are there programs from Love Life targeting these challenges? Yes, they are. Um, and in fact, as Love Life, you know, we believe that, um, you know, the drivers to alcohol and substance abuse are really intertwined. You know, they're structural drivers, individual drivers, you know, social uh, drivers. And yes, we understand as Love Life in addressing all of these issues or in addressing the issue of alcohol, we really need to be able to look at those drivers and respond to why young people would engage or want to, you know, abuse alcohol. And obviously it's issues around sense of belonging, sense of purpose, you know, sense of identity. And really when you look at our communities, our families, you almost get a sense that we've normalized it. You know, it's okay for the father to come into the house, you know, falling all over the place. When we celebrate, we don't think it's a party. We don't think it's a good enough celebration if, if there's no alcohol, you know. And um, young people almost get a sense that this is normal. This is what we do to have fun. This is what we do if we want to really, you know, feel that we, you know, we, you know, we, we're doing great. And Love Life, um, in responding to this, because we also know that when there's a lot of alcohol and, and, and substance abuse, then you have issues of gender-based violence. Then you have issues of, um, you know, risky sexual behavior. Um, and Love Life is partnering with uh, Brand House. Uh, where we are designing a program that is specifically to reduce, um, you know, um, uh, the incidence of substance abuse in communities, particularly among young people. 
And uh, for us, young people are the drivers to any of the campaigns that we do because we believe that peer-to-peer education is the way to go. And uh, we know that if we target young people and they really understand and we also provide alternatives to how else they can express, you know, a feeling of, you know, I don't belong, a feeling that, you know, um, I don't have any purpose, a feeling that there isn't anything else that I can do with my life. If we replace that with something else, and we use young people to educate other young people, then at least we know that, you know, we may make influence. Mm-hmm. But we know that for any, you know, when you talk about behavior change, you, you have to continuously communicate. You have to continuously talk about the issues. But let's say, how, 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 how do we communicate around alcohol? Because when we, you know, there's a carrot and stick approach that we can use here. And are mm-hmm. we too often yeah. depending on the carrot where we say, yes, there's incentives for you to drink less. There's incentives mm-hmm. for you to drink, you know, less often for you to engage less in risky behavior. There's an incentive for you to, for you to avoid binge drinking. But do we talk mm-hmm. about the, you know, the sticks, the dangers that, that you're engaging in? I mean, there's, there's, there's studies that show if we just banned alcohol advertising, we could see a serious decrease in the consumption of alcohol. I mean, are we looking at the the stick approach to dealing with with binge drinking in in, in Africa generally? Can I come in here, Desha? Because um, I'd really like to talk about some of the um, solutions that we we kind of need to look at. Sure. I think think that banning advertising is part of a package of solutions that really um, is important. The one is availability. So availability of alcohol, the hours that alcohol is available, the times and so on is, is really important. And of course, sales to underage people is, is a critical issue. The price, and what's really interesting about pricing and it's been shown around tobacco, is that the higher the price of alcohol, the less um, young people are able to access it, obviously because they don't have disposable income. So I think that the pricing is, is an important issue. And then what is also important is packaging. And, and your cat can caller mentioned it earlier, this, um, the, the fruit pops, they call mm. them. I mean, those are obviously targeted at young, either young women or young people um, trying to disguise them as fruit juices. But the other issue about packaging, which I don't think anybody really looks at, is these bulk packaging. So now, in the old days, you used to buy one beer or two beers or three beers. Then the, the industry decided, well, actually six-packs are quite a good idea. And in fact, it's become the norm that a person can have a six-pack and drink it. But now, they've got a 12-pack. So now you can buy a pack of 12. And I think that the whole packaging process is encouraging more and more drinking. And, in, you know, so one has to look at how that happens. In the Western Cape, for example, the whole, the whole issue of of um, pups, you know, those uh, buying little little um, things that are available then for for younger people that are very cheap, um, you know, buying wine in those um, big what they call them pups sacks. Pups sacks. Yeah, you know. So I think those things are. It has to be a complete package to try and address the issues. I think individual education is important, but I think that these. Um, environmental issues are more important. I think that when when young people start realizing that adults and government take this issue seriously, they will also start realizing that perhaps this is what's going to, you know, not quite 
it's not easily available and it's not necessarily what's good for you. When we return, I'll get into what more the communities can do in trying to stem binge drinking in the communities. Yes, there's these policy positions that are being discussed, banning alcohol advertising and the like, but what do we do? And do we have enough shame within our communities for those people who do drink too much? Is that one way for us to deal with the overconsumption of alcohol? It's 10 minutes to 9. I'll read out more of your SMSs shortly. Stay tuned. If you have style and an appreciation for quality, then you're likely to choose good tiles over bad ones. With prices rising faster than they fall, the Ceramic World International Tile Sale is your chance to get that quality at up to 30% off. Get to Ceramic World. It's closer than Italy, Spain, Portugal, Brazil, or even China for 30% off our already low-priced tile range. Call us on 012-661-6109 or go to www.ceramicworld.co.za. Every day, we put over 600 South Africans in the driver's seats of the cars they have fallen in love with. You see, at APSA, we get that having the right car can be just the thing you need to prosper. Apply for vehicle finance today at any of over 2,500 APSA-approved dealers by visiting APSA online, by using our online branch locator, and then coming in for a chat, or by calling us on 0860-669-669. APSA, member of Barclays, an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Tune in to SAFM between 10 and 12 p.m. on the 28th of February for the live recording of the Living Legend concert featuring Faya Faku on the Best of Jazz with a repeat broadcast on the 1st of March between 9 and 12 midnight. To stand a chance of winning a pair of tickets, SMS the keyword legends and your name to 34766. Limited tickets are available at CompuTicket if you'd like to be a part of the live audience. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, making history. SMSs cost 150 and free SMSs don't apply. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. SMS is coming through, and uh, this is from Mbanekazi saying we should not propagate a myth that small quantities of alcohol is beneficial and will do no harm. Alcohol is a poison, period. For example, a tip of a teaspoon of rat poison swallowed will not harm you. Does it then mean we should be allowed to swallow rat poison every weekend on a social basis? Uh, at rat poison bars, he suggests, as eventually the poison, alcohol, will catch up with the alcohol consumers. That's uh, from Mbanekazi, writing in from Mtata. Mary says, we all know the panties come off easier when the ladies are drunk. That's one reason why they do it. Mamba and Limpopo saying, apart from advertisements and promotion of alcohol permits allowing outlets to open until 2 in the morning, contribute badly. It does not make sense. Government control is critical here. Uh, this SMS ban alcohol advertising. Alcohol abuse is a big problem in our country. 57% of road fatalities due to alcohol abuse. 39% of murders due to alcohol. More than 70 chance, 70% chance of HIV infection. Not sure about the statistics, but that comes in on SMS. Uh, this is well from Mark and Neisner saying, are we as, uh, are we as become to mechanics of friction and guilt? Handmade from a bottle. Not sure what you mean there, Mark. Uh, Alison kept on saying alcohol is associated with rape and violence against women and children. And David Mtunzi in Malbato saying communities advocating Muslim, Hindu, and ZCC beliefs abhor liquor drinking and substance abuse. How about government involving them in alcohol abuse 
teachings. Dr. Langer, we were talking earlier on about how the communities can deal with alcohol abuse. There's these, yes, policy, uh, you know, distinctions that, that we're looking to make, things that we're looking to, to achieve. Perhaps I can put this to you, Dr. Goldstein. I mean, do, is there enough shame on, on the individual when we drink too much and engage in binge drinking, apart from what government can do? Okay, we'll try to get uh, Dr. Goldstein back on the line as well. There's still more SMSs that we can read, of course. Uh, Mary in Peter Marisburg says uh, this to me. She's quite upset. She says, why carry on and on about drugs and alcohol, etc., etc.? Why not spend more time on trying to stop the causes thereof? Mary, great suggestion, but how do we do that? How do we stop that? Uh, Toomey in Bloemfontein saying, drinking is influenced by surrounding by the surroundings, like grown men uh, went to work and stay away for a long time, they end up drinking. Places like mines, police colleges, nurses' homes, also workers' NDO functions, political parties, celebrations, lists not ending. Youths become part of the celebrated rot. Alcohol does not bring happiness, saying to me there in Bloemfontein. And a doctor wrote in this morning to us to say, acute hemorrhagic pancreatitis with a high mortality rate is often a result due to binge drinking. Is that enough to get you away from it? 34701 if you'd still like to write in. Dr. Lange, I think we have you back on the line. I was asking the question, um, and, and Dr. Goldstein as well is back on the line. Dr. Goldstein, I was asking the question earlier on, is there enough shame involved uh, you know, on the individual from us putting peer pressure on our friends to not drink as much? Well, I, obviously not. Um, I mean, it's actually glorified. So I think that there's a, n- a number of things that one needs to think through as, as community members. I think the first thing is is not to support um, underage drinking. So when when young people have parties, who who buys the alcohol for them? Who organises it? Um, parents are critical in this process. So actually, parents making sure that matter what their children are doing, where they're going discouraging them from getting into underage, underage, into venues where they can buy alcohol um, and actually coming down on them when they do drink um, and making it a, a negative aspect instead of saying proudly, oh, my young chap did this, you know. So I mm. think that parents are critical. But I also think that communities can be vigilant. Um, you know, having yeah. bottle schools you right now to schools, um, that, that's just not acceptable, and it's not it's, it's illegal. But um, the communities fight mm. this because they want their bottle stores or their shabins. Mm. Um, you know, something that we we touched on a little bit earlier on is the fact that South Africa and Africans in general we have a real thirst for for alcohol. It's it's uh, by some accounts that we have an unquenchable thirst for it. Analysts estimate beer volumes rising around seven percent last year. South African market growth has already reached ten percent. Africa has the highest proportion of binge drinkers anywhere in the world, and according to a most recent study, about half of what Europeans drink, on average, Africans drink 6.15 liters of pure alcohol every year. So we're right up there with the ranks of those who drink the most in our economy. Dr. Langer, I mean, how, how should our first drinking experience be with our parents? Where, where should that first drinking experience be? I, I mean... The, the, the problem is also like around, I mean, I guess some of the issues that um, Dr. Goldstein, like, you know, mentioned, like around the sources, I mean, it, more, more often is that it's, it's the peer pressure. And I guess the peer, the peer pressure, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, how can it be resisted 
it's when parents like you know sit down with their kids and then openly have like a conversation like around i guess like you know some of the risk like you know taking behaviors including like you know um alcohol use uh, and of course i i don't think i mean the young people be very comfortable i mean to sit down with their parents and also like you know drink like in front of them but if there has been like an open conversation like around the risk like you know associated like you know with drinking like how we should be, like how we should be having a conversation about uh, underage sex or hiv and those kind of things at home yes i, I think that that openness and because what happens like at the end is that young people get all these wrong messages uh, from their peers and, and of course i mean it, it creates like you know all kinds of like you no know, problems and also here i mean the point that i want to make it's like around, I mean, I guess like, you know, some of the sources are like, you know, emotionally like not related. Like, I mean, like at the beginning of our conversation, like, you know, young people are interviewed, it's like around fun, it's like around like you know, emotions. So obviously some, it's like around emotional problems. If someone is stressed, someone is traumatized, someone is going through depression, they are more likely to start like, you know, drinking. And I, I guess part of the package is to also have like, you know, services where young people are assisted in dealing with like, you know, some of these like you know, emotional problems. Because some we see it once they are admitted in your rehab. So obviously at the rehab we deal with the symptom and the symptom which is like, you know, alcohol. But underlying that, there are all kinds of like, you no know, psychological and emotional like, you no know, problems which may have led to this young person to start like, you no know, experimenting which then at the end led to abuse and dependence. Dr. Lange, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Dr. Malosi Lange is at the Wits University and Dr. Susan Goldstein also joining us for this past hour from uh, the Institute of Health and Development Communication based at the Seoul City. She's a program director there. Uh, Letty Duber from Love Life, uh, your closing thoughts for us, uh, solutions for alcohol abuse among young people? Okay, I think we've lost Letty Dubez line. Well, that's it from our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Your SMSs, Facebook comments, tweets, and calls, much appreciated on the show. You can join us again tomorrow morning, 6 to 9 a.m. We're on our way to Cape Town right now to bring you the budget announcement. The speech delivered by Minister Praveen Gordon at 2 p.m. this afternoon. We'll be listening keenly for it. And interested in your thoughts as we engage on the forum at 8 tomorrow about it. Are your expectations and hopes going to be delivered? We'll find out this afternoon. Stay tuned. Because uh, Forum at 8 uh, joins you tomorrow, 6 uh, to 9 a.m. You can join us on AM Live. From myself, Dasha Mundley, and the rest of the team, have a great day.